everyone, and welcome to season two of A Good Story Starts With. I have my amazing friend here. Um, she's really great. Uh, can't wait for you guys to get to know her, have a few laughs, and just listen in to how Roper and I like just chat. Um, but without further ado, everyone, this is Roper. Roper, how are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. I mean, I think, wow, this is definitely my first uh, podcast experience. So I'm like, wow, this is 2022 going with a bang. Let's go. Yeah, do it. Do it. I mean, many people have started 2022 with the bang, but um, let's let's <laughs> let's make it good this time. Let's make it good. Um, yeah, come on. Yeah. So one of the questions I ask everyone on the show is basically, who are you and whose are you? Oh, <laughs> okay. The layers. I like that. I feel as you said that I'm like, okay, it's like the surface, who are you? And then the, but really, who are mm-hmm. you? So I will, I will answer that in two parts as you asked it. Um, who am I? My name is Ropa Fazakadewere. I'm, Recently have gotten into saying my full name. I think that there is, um, a certain depth and beauty to introducing your whole self. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's me. Um, I, I do actually have a lot of middle names, but I'm not going to put you guys through that. Um, nice. <laughs> I think, I think Wilma might actually know a few of them, but, um, I, uh, live in New Zealand. I'm based in Hastings in the Sunny Hawks Bay. And uh currently really loving it here on a day-to-day basis. You'll find me um, working as a physiotherapist um, in pediatrics with little children and really, really, really loving um, that space. Um, so that's, that's, that's me. And then I guess if you <laughs> go into the, into the second, really, who are you, Leia? Yeah. Well, we could, we could really be here for... So I don't, I don't, nah, I don't know how deep nah, I can go. Let's, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I came across something um, where um, people were saying, "Oh, you know, when you meet someone and you're talking and you're introducing yourselves, and people will ask, also, what do you do?" And people will automatically talk about what they do for work. Um, and the the speaker was saying that. Um, we have become so, you know, like we've become so ignorant of everything else. Work is not our whole self, but is a big part of what we do. But actually, is it really who we are? Mm. So um, I've, I've introduced my my sort of stock standard professional self. But who I am, I think, um, you know, I'd have to take you on a bit more of a journey of uh, where I've come from, where I've been, and where I am now. Mm. So. Um, <clears throat> I was born in Harare in Zimbabwe, beautiful, beautiful country, (laughs) represent uh, H-Town, and uh, I, um, I mean, where were you born, Wilma? Were you born in Harare as well? No, like, I was actually born in Kwekwe, but I grew up in Harare, so I'm like, small town chick who ended up living in the big city. In a big city, come on. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's sort of my roots. That's where I was born. Um, and I um, grew up um, in Harare for the first 13 years of my life and honestly had the most 
amazing childhood. Like it was just, I look back now and I think, wow, I really, I was really, really fortunate and really blessed. I just had a really amazing childhood and um, was out playing in the streets and not really, yeah, no worries, minimal worries. Um, so um, that, that's my roots. That's where I come from. Um, I am um, a part of a really big extended family. Um, I grew up with lots of cousins around, and they've they've um, played a big part in shaping who I am today. I um, grew up with lots of aunts and uncles around as well, um, and they've all had a lot of input. Um, and um, with my amazing mother. My dad, my siblings, um, yeah, just just really big loving um, family. And then um, when I was thirteen, <coughs> I moved um, over to Aotearoa, New Zealand, with my mum. And um, that, yeah, that was it. Was interesting. It was a big big change for a thirteen year old girl. Yeah. Um, major major changes, mm-hmm. but uh, through sort of all of that. Um, Childhood, growing up, moving here, doing my teen years, high school years here, and then now as an adult, um, navigating that space. Um, the constant of who I am has really been, um, my faith, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, my, my belief in God and my relationship with God. That's something that sort of tracked through with me through all of those different life stages and, and, and spaces that I've done life in. So, um, yeah, you know, that's a, a long-winded no. answer to your very simple question. <laughs> no, I don't think uh, – actually, you are right. Who are you and whose are you are simple questions, but they're not easy questions. Um, no. Yeah, so I do appreciate you taking the time to tell us where you've been where you are now and where you're going. Like, I do appreciate that. So what does Ropa Fadzo mean? Oh, so um, my name means blessing mm. uh, in the Shona language. That's my um, my mother tongue. Uh, and my mother named me. Um, and <laughs> that's actually really funny. She, I won't say the name now because I don't want to shade anyone mm. who has that name. Mm. But if I had been a boy... <laughs> I was gonna get a name that honestly, when she told me, I was like, "Thank heavens!" Nah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell us now. You gotta share it. You no, can't. What about? You can't. Just, what about all the people that have that name that are out there, but, and then they're gonna feel attacked? But, like you know, offense is always taken, but it's never given. So okay. <laughs> in all fairness, actually, I've never met anyone with this name. I think she was kind of trying to be ulti in her time. Mm. So, if I had been a boy, I would have been called Aruveneko. Okay, that's yeah. yeah. I know. Have you have you have you met Aruveneko? No. I haven't. That <laughs> I, wow. I mean, that's yeah. unique. The edit, I mean, it is. That's a nice way of yeah. saying it. I think. I, she, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, you could have gone by Aruvi for short." And I was like, mm, "Yeah, let's let's just thank God that I I was girl in the end, and <laughs> it all worked out." No, no. but um, that <laughs> that's what my name means. Um, and uh, it's it's interesting actually because I have been thinking about about identity mm-hmm. quite a bit recently, and thinking about um. 
what's in a name? And I'm like, man, I have a pretty, I have a pretty great That's name fantastic. in terms of the meaning behind mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, yeah, the meaning behind it. And I think, you know, when I was younger, I was, you know, <laughs> you're younger and you're a bit self-centered and I thought, oh, gosh, I, I'm a blessing to the world, clearly, like, have you met me? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> which I am, I am, honestly, come meet me. I'm a delight. She is, but, she um, is. I can confirm. <laughs> like, we've been friends for like what? How long, how long ago was uni? Six? 2013, we met. So you do the math. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> we are old, Wilma. <laughs> It's been I know it's, it's a little bit what? scary. It's, what? So it's been eight, no, nine, nine years this year. Nine Fam. years. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's our ten-year anniversary next year. I know year. we should all recreate like, like our Aquinas toga year. And- yes, yeah. I feel like something needs to happen. <laughs> Ten-year reunion. Ring, Let's go. Ring up Clara and like sigh and be like, "Yo, <laughs> fam." I'm like. If- if any of the Aquinas fam are listening, um, come on, hit us up. We need to do something. Yeah, it's been it's been ten years. Oh my god, we're so old. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Anyway. yeah it's, it's a little bit scary, yeah. but um, yeah, I I don't even know what we're what we're talking about. What the question? Um, is. you were saying how much your name is a blessing and that you are a blessing to others. Yeah, I'm a blessing. Um, yeah, well, I, yeah, I, that, that used to be sort of my very surface level, mm. um, understanding. Just, you know, just, just mucking around. But actually, um, I feel like recently God has, um, been speaking to me about, um, my name and that actually the name is blessing and that it's not just like, oh, me being me, I am the blessing, but he's saying, I have called you and, and put a, call in your life to go out and be a blessing mm. to others so your presence is not the blessing you actually i want you to be like known as somebody who blesses others i want your legacy to be oh man that that woman that girl that lady she was um always blessing others helping others and and that's yeah i think i as i've gotten older and i've been reflecting i've really kind of started to think like mm. um legacy what do i want to be remembered for how do i want to be remembered um and and that's something that's yeah that's kind of coming together for me in terms of purpose Mm -hmm. and you know just thinking like why am i here what am i supposed to be doing you know deep questions man yeah yeah, I was very deep, you know. We don't, we don't, we don't go shallow around no, here. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> we really don't. So, like, what, what have you found in your travels of like asking those questions, um, in being like, why am I here? Like, what am I meant to be doing? Because like, um, the whole world has gone through like very, a very interesting time the past two years, yeah. um, and. <laughs> A lot of people have had their lives turned upside down, whether it's good or bad, whether mm. they invested in stock and are now surprisingly billionaires or whether they lost their jobs and they're like, what? So how on that continuum, where are you on like identity stuff? I mean, I, I really wish I'd bought some um, stock in Zoom. Um, well, you meant <laughs> toilet paper, man. What are you talking I mean, just anything really yeah. at this point. I'm like, 
dang, I really did not see that coming. Mm. But um, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. The last two years have been, um, yeah, kind of, I guess the foundations for a lot of people have been shaken a little bit, moved around a little bit because you're like, oh, wow, um, what do I actually put my trust and my security and my value in, mm-hmm. you know? Is it uh, my job? Is it my career? Is it my um, ability to travel? Is it, you know, like all of those things that are, I think are pretty big things for most people yeah. have been um, challenged and taken away. And it's like, oh, it kind of leaves you a little bit naked and allows you the time to actually introspectively look upon your life and be like, Okay, so what is important to me? What am I building towards? What what am I doing? Am I just coasting? And am am I just going day to day or what? And I think for me, um, I I I've been able to continue um, working through lockdowns. Um, I've been you know I've been lucky enough that I work in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that's been interesting because um, more than ever I felt like oh, um, I'm in the space of helping people, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't like saying it because I always, um, when I was younger, I didn't really quite know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to help people. But I'm like, oh, I'm so appreciate But um, But it's healthcare. It's what we do. It, it, yeah, it is. It is what we do. And um, I think I kind of used to take it for granted until we got into um, – yeah, the space of the pandemic and COVID where um, I was like, oh, I feel like what I what I do on a day-to-day basis is actually um, meaningful and significant for someone else that really, um, mm. you know, it really makes an impact. And, and, and even, you know, something that might seem small on my end is um, quite impactful on other people. Um, but I guess on a on a wider scheme as well, um, like going back to what I was saying about what do we put our, our security and our value in, um, what I just noticed was that um, there was a lot of panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of panic buying. Stop it. If you are a panic buyer, okay, please don't be. Just stop. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> like, if any panic buyers are listening, look, I love you, but... Like, there is no need. There is no need for all of that, okay? Yeah. Put the toilet paper away. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is, there's a lot of panic, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear of that no, which are all perfectly, I think, normal responses to what we've lived through. But um, I think, for me, it really, like, challenged me to be like, what are the things that I – can control mm. and what are the things that I actually me worrying being anxious and panicking about makes zero difference the only difference it makes is there's a pandemic still but now I'm panicking in the pandemic That's true. I could have peace in the pandemic or I could have panic in the pandemic oh come on now and so you know like it just and for me I was like I don't, I, I just, I don't want to be panicking. I don't want to be stressed out and anxious about things that I do not have any control over. So mm-hmm. it, it really has been a lesson in um, 
being able to let go and surrender things that are beyond beyond my control mm-hmm. and resting in in I guess what I like I'm 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 blessed in that I have faith, I'm Christian, I you know, believe that Jesus is Lord and my faith has been so helpful for me in this time because um when you go to the scriptures and when you look at the character of God, there is so much um reassurance that um all things work for the good and that um there is peace that you know goes beyond anyone's understanding that he wants to give you it's literally a trade-off you're like here take my worries and my burdens mm-hmm. and I get peace because I know you've got this mm-hmm. and um that has been a major comfort for me mm-hmm. um I think in this time because I've just being able to, and, and it's not easy, like, trust me, you can be Christian and still be anxious, like, it, it, it's not like just because you believe it's instantly gone, mm-hmm. you still have to work at actually believing and trusting that God is who he is, and then handing those heavy things and those burdens to him and saying, actually, you hold this, you sort this out, mm-hmm. and I'm going to rest in the trust that you're going to you know, work everything out, mm-hmm. and 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 it's hard. It's not easy at all. Um, but yeah, that's that's been a major learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, but no, dude. What was my yeah yeah? That was, I was like, what was my question again? Um, <laughs> and then I remembered what it was. Um, yeah. Just. Piggybacking on what you just said of how your faith has inspired you, how, like, basically from what you're talking about, it's showing that there's been a growth and maturity that has happened within your faith of, like, moving from one level of faith of being, like, ah, panicky, like, oh, my goodness, God, what am I going to do, to being in a state of, like, actually, I'm going to rest in what God has said, like, who were your inspirations or like what happened for you to move from like, Hey, um, fear and anxiety is trying to overwhelm me. And then shifting that focus to like, yes, fear and anxiety is trying to overwhelm me, but God is in the middle of this and I'm choosing to focus on him. But God, man, I love that statement. Mm. eh? But God, it's just, it's, it's because but is it's big <laughs> my one. English teacher side is about to come out. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. So you know but obviously comes after a statement, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to counter the statement before it. And, and I just love it because it's like you could have a whole long list of worries and fears, and and then you put by God, and it's like poof, mm-hmm. gone. You know. So anyway, I love that. But um, I think for me, um. I, it's actually, it wasn't really when the pandemic hit that I had this growth. Like I, I almost feel like the growth happened prior and the season prior. Mm. Um, and it's, it's funny how, how God works because, um, I, so I did Bible college. Um, I did C3. College, mm. shout out to C3, C3 Auckland, my um, church in Auckland. And um, so I did Bible College in 2019. And at the time, it was kind of like, it was very much 
not a logical decision. Um, I was about a couple of years into my career as a physio um, and really, you know, you've done your junior years and you're about to kind of level up to the next level and, you know, start actually doing a bit more career progression. And I didn't really, like, I've always done things with, like, oh, I'm going to do this because it's going to lead to X, Y, Z. And then here I am, um, <clears throat> just um, really feeling this pull towards doing a setting aside a year to do Bible college and not really understanding why, but I, <laughs> after a lot of wrestling with God, I, I finally was like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, and that was actually the space in the year of 2019. Mm-hmm. That was, oh, was it 2019? I can't remember now. When, when did the pandemic start? 2020. Yeah, it was 2019, yes. Um, yeah, so in, the, in 2019, like r- literally a year before, that is where all of the foundations and all of this growth really happened for me because I had to, um, like from the get-go, I was like, oh, well, I can't do college because um, like I have to quit my job and my finances just aren't going to line up and – but like the message kept coming and then I was like, okay, God, I'm going to sit down and crunch the numbers and if they make sense, I'll do it. And of course I crunched the numbers when they just weren't balancing because God, he didn't want me to do it out of like, oh, I've worked it out and it works. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to do it out of, I trust you, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though this doesn't make sense. And um, so that was like, I guess, the first step towards um, me learning to surrender and and, you know, there's so many um, instances and times during that year that I was doing Bible college and my internship that I was asked to do very, very big things where I had to be like, this is not, I can't just do this by myself. I really just need the Holy Spirit to come mm-hmm. and Jesus to take this wheel and for us to do this together. Yeah. Um, and so I really had to grow from a fear I can't to uh um you know what I'm I'm in this space I know whose I am I know who I am I know what I'm called to and I know that the Holy Spirit lives in me so um I'm gonna just work at it and do my best mm-hmm. um and and God will help me with the rest and so that um but but again at the time I didn't really know what that stage was for I was just doing it and I was just going with it and then of course it was the pandemic in 2020 and, I, and, and 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 even then I didn't really realize how the growth I'd had the year before was actually helping me until much later when I reflected and thought oh wow I've managed to kind of deal with this relatively well mm-hmm. I wonder if that would have been the same two years ago you know had it been two years ago three years ago that sort of thing yeah. so yeah it's, it's like you I think sometimes we go through life stages and things in our lives that don't really make sense and they can be a bit frustrating and you're mm. like, I don't really know what's happening in this space and there's challenges, but I think it's always um, relevant. Like life experience is always relevant to um, something else that you will encounter yeah. further down the line. Yeah, yeah, nothing's ever wasted. That's a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. So you've you've brought up faith in Jesus a lot. Why do you trust Jesus? 
Oh. Um, well, uh, why do I trust Jesus? I feel like, I don't know, like I honestly, when people ask me questions like that, I feel like I'm supposed to have this like really deep theological, um, apologetic answer, but I actually don't. I just do, like, okay, this is, this is my, my personal kind of, um, Spark Notes version of my testimony is I trust God because he has come through for me time and time again. Like I, you know, okay, without even that, right, I've been fortunate enough that um, the family that I was born into are all believers. And so I grew up um, going to church. I grew up praying. I grew up singing songs of praise to God. Like that was very much um normal in my household growing up mm-hmm. so uh like off the bat I'm just like super thankful that um I had that because it obviously laid the foundation for my faith mm-hmm. um you know you kids learn from from those around them and the grown-ups around them and I grew up with a faithful mother um yeah my, my whole family my grandmother man Oh, my grandmother. You know, when people talk about grandmother's prayers, yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. I feel that because mm-hmm. my grandmother was a faithful woman. Um, so there's that. And then, um, I guess as I got older, um, maybe in my teen years, like early teens, around 14, 15, um, I, I had an encounter with God mm. actually. I, had an encounter, my first sort of encounter with God where I, like, without knowing how people, how different people encounter God, I knew in my spirit that that was God, that I had met with God. I was, I remember it vividly. I was at, um, my church used to do an annual camp, um, that we'd go away to like a camping ground and, um, it was in one of the sessions and I was just, I think I like ended up lying on the floor. <laughs> just, yeah. And I encountered God like physically and like basically just, yeah, it was crazy. And, um, from there I was like, I know for myself that this is real. And so I, I think my faith changed from being like, Oh, this is what we do. This is the culture of my family to, Oh, I, there is this God who knows me for me, who calls me by name, who knows me as an individual, and I'm having this relationship with him personally, like it's no longer, it was personal at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then growing from there, you know, my, my faith grew, my faith just continued to grow, and I have encountered, um, yeah, so many, um, challenges that God has walked me through, but also just so much blessing that I'm like I don't like I don't see any other way that that would have worked out if it weren't from God mm-hmm. you know so um like yeah things like me being like for example the year I needed to go to college um just um without me asking being offered um next to free accommodation mm. for the year which was like a major blessing because I obviously was going to have um minimal income, going to be a student, just things like that. Like there's so many different instances of um, where I'd 
made a decision or stepped out and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust God and go with this. And then like the provision just came and you were like, oh, or like, you know, people would be like, yeah, I want to help you with this. Or, oh, actually, I'm really skilled at this specific thing that you need. And you're like, what? And I didn't have to ask for this. And I'm just like, oh, man, like I've seen that happen time and time again in my life. Um but yeah, it's, it's almost like a, like I just know, like I, you know, I know in my, my spirit knows that I come from God and I, it's like that kinship. Um, my spirit recognizes the Holy Spirit in me and I'm like, we are kin, we are bonded. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. That's so beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Um, thank you. That's all right. So taking, I guess, a step back. You said that you met God during your early teens, um, 14, 15, but you had just moved from um, Zimbabwe when you were 13, from Zimbabwe to Auckland. How was that transition period for you um, going from Zimbabwe to New Zealand, Auckland? Wait, was it Auckland that you guys landed in? Or? Um, yeah, it was Auckland. It was Auckland. Um, so... <clears throat> Uh, it was yeah, it's it's hindsight is twenty twenty because now I can look back at it and laugh about it. <laughs> at the time no one was laughing. There were tears. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> I was not having a good time. Um it was look, it was very challenging. Um I think I think just being thirteen and going through puberty and all of that is, is, is difficult without moving countries and also moving to a completely different continent with a super different culture. So that was like just throwing everything in the pot at once. Um, mm-hmm. And for me as well, what happened is so I'd, I'd done um, Form 1 in Zimbabwe. So in, Zim- in Zimbabwe, there's no like intermediate. You do like seven years of primary schooling and then you do six years of high school. And so I'd done the first year of high school and I had, and that's already a transition, isn't it? It's quite a big transition. So I'd had a big transition and settled in, handled it well, like really, you know, it was loving life, loving my school, made lots of great friends. And then my mum's like, okay, yeah, so you're moving to New Zealand. And I was like, mm, do I have to? Like, I'm, 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 I'm peaking right now, mum. Like, <laughs> I'm doing well. Like, <laughs> You're dropping the vibe, mom. You're Pretty dropping much. the vibe. I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> but what what can I do? I'm thirteen, right? Um, and and then also on the other hand, so I moved here and I started at the start of the year, but I started at year ten, which is the second year of high school in New Zealand. So there's mm-hmm. year nine, and then so yeah, it's the, yeah, year ten is the second year of high school, and so that was even more challenging because everyone sort of had been through year nine together, made their friends, like connected, all of that. So I'm moving into like a whole established system. I'm mm-hmm. the kid that's come from like a foreign country and mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, so it was really challenging. And I, 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 I do remember just not like wanting to go back and just feeling really like I was unsure of my place and, 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 you know, that belonging. And, you know, when you're 13, like, friends are everything. You're, like, you're basically, like, I could live without you, mom, but I can't live without my friends. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you were 13 and most of your 10s are 15-year-olds as well. So that's – it's a bit of a gap. 
Um, no, year, year 10. So. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was the year that I was, yeah, so the year that I was starting year 10 is the year I was going to turn 14. I am a bit young for my year, but mm-hmm. just like, because they do that weird cutoff thing of which month you're born in. So, yeah, I'm yeah. always younger in my year. So, yeah, there was that also, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I vividly remember, so if you if you know anything about, like, African culture or, like, how schools are, there's definitely, like, I think there's a lot more, I don't know if respect is the right word, but there's, there's a lot more respect of authority. <laughs> so I vividly remember um, the first time I, like, saw another student talking back to the teacher in, in a less than polite way, and I was just shook. I was like, well, you, you can do that, You did girl. what, like, I'm like, you did what now, girl? Like, whoo! <laughs> and I just remember being like, oh, this is a different place. I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> it's a different vibe. It's a different, it's different vibe. Different vibe. But, um, you know, I actually, um, again, I think the things that grounded me in that year was um, my mum my was really, really, um, I think she, she obviously had an idea of how difficult this transition was going to be for me. So um, she, I feel like she she did her best to cushion that transition for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I um, I also had um, yeah church, which is kind of where leading into how you know I had been had this encounter. So we were part of a a really um, cool church called um, Hope Auckland Christian Church, um, and um, there was um, a cool, a really rocking youth group. So I mm. think it was good for me to, although a lot of the girls in my youth group, they went to a different school, but um, we were kind of around my age and would hang out. So I kind of had that group of friends. And then I had um, I had my cousins as well who um, were living in Auckland at the time. So I had a, I had a few sort of connections to pull from. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, when I, when I look back at it now, I'm like, I... I kind of, yeah, there was there was grace for me to go through that that period because it was hard, but I kind of, I think towards the end of about a year, I finally felt like I'd found my feet and found some really cool friends and yeah. That's good. so cool. Yeah. How have you how have you navigated that um, third culture space of being like grew up in Zimbabwe? And now you're growing up in New Zealand, and they are two very different cultures who um, emphasize different parts of, like, they think different things are important in terms of, like, Zimbabwe, um, highly, like, um, well, authori- authoritative, I guess I could call it, Zimbabwe being like, and, hi- like, high respect of elders, mm-hmm. um, yeah. very much, like, uh, honor shame culture. Mm, yeah. Um, whereas like New Zealand is split in the middle in terms of like if you are like like Maori culture is a little bit of honor shame culture within mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but if you uh like like Pakia New Zealand, that's not necessarily like honor shame culture. That's more of a Western mindset of like high individualism, high freedom, 
And so how have you like held that tension of being put into like seemingly opposite cultures, like value wise? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a strange space to navigate. And, um, it's, it's cool because I, I have a lot of friends who are like us, third culture kids as well. So it's cool to kind of have some, um, dialogue with them around that and how they mm-hmm. find it. But I think the most common thing that's come up is that, yeah, it's, um, like those 10 years are kind of, or maybe, yeah, 10 to early, early 20s, young adult years. That's probably where the tension of that is most apparent because I think that's where we're forging. You're forging. You're like, okay, I've been, I am of these two kind of at a lot of times, um, differing cultures. Um, one by way of my birth and my whakapapa and where, you know, where I, 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 I come from, where my roots are from. And then the other by way of the space that I'm actually growing up in, who I'm around on a daily basis. And, um, for me, I um, I think when I was younger, I definitely defaulted more to um, the culture that was set in my household, which was you will respect authority. Um, oh, no. My mama was not playing with all that. She <laughs> and oh gosh, I love that woman. Um, and 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 I'm I'm thankful for it because. Um, there was, even, even though it was, um, what was emphasized at home, I think, again, I think my mum really did a, a good job of being aware and, and trying to, to understand my perspective of how I was navigating life and how, you know, how I was thinking. So, you know, for example, like, I probably, if you talk to teenage me, I would have told you that yes, I have a strict African mother, and mm-hmm. um, that would have been accurate. But I think you know that there was still um, some understanding on her end where she tried to meet me halfway and understand that um, I, I was no longer growing up in the the space that she did. It, it was it was different, and so they, she sort of had to kind of pivot and alter and adjust her parenting as well um but then as, as I've gotten older um I think I'll say for, for myself um I definitely went through um that space of trying to figure it out for myself um sort of from my late teens to early 20s that space where I was at uni um when we met um mm-hmm. and, and it, it, yeah it's definitely kind of figure trying to figure out like um, how do I find a happy middle? So I, I probably kind of, um, tried out the, the Western culture and, and went a bit down that extreme and then felt like, oh, that was now maybe not <laughs> in mm-hmm. harmony with where, you know, with, with what I, what's been instilled in me as a child. So then, um, for me really, like, <laughs> I mean, not to make everything about faith, but, What's come, what's been a happy middle for me actually has been, I am not choosing to live by Zimbabwean culture. I'm not choosing to live by Kiwi culture. I'm choosing to live by Kingdom culture, which Mm -hmm. is not actually really 
um, it's yeah, it, it's a, it's a different thing altogether to yeah. anything else, really. Um, and I think for me, it's it's a so, so you know you'll never catch me being like, oh, um, what's a good example? I'm trying to think of something on the spot. Um, you know, like I wouldn't. Um, my lens that I view things in, for example, mm. being respectful to, to elders, um, and, and I'm not saying that Western cultures don't have that, but um, I think it is very much emphasized, something that's very much emphasized in um, collective cultures, indigenous cultures, Shona cultures, and Dublin culture, um, and it is also very much um, emphasized in, in the Bible and kingdom culture. So I almost feel like how I navigate that space now is like a Venn diagram. So, you know, you've mm-hmm. got you've got my my um Zimbabwean culture, you've got my um Kiwi culture and then the happy middle is the medium is which I pull from all of that once mm-hmm. it's well within um who I am, um, which essentially is God's child. So yeah. I pull from both what fits in my identity. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. No, yeah. I vibe with that. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a thing, though. And I, I now, I'm always thinking, because I look at, I've got nieces, like my nieces are nine now. Yeah, they're nine. And, um, well, the oldest are nine. Nine, two, babies. Yeah. Very, very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I wonder how different your life and your upbringing will be. You know, I think the generations that come after us, like they will be, I don't know. Are they will they be first generation, like Kiwi, Aussie? I, I don't actually really know how that works, but um, yeah, like because my sister is ten, she's turning eleven. She was obviously like born in Zimbabwe. I mean, born in New Zealand. I do that all the time. I call New Zealand Zimbabwe ever since I've like moved to Australia. It's really bad, but um. <laughs> That's that's what happens when you've got three homes. Like, just don't switch <laughs> continents, team. Just don't move countries. Yeah. 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 You are like. Yeah. I, you're. I, I, you've got like. You've got an extra thing to factor yeah, in now because it's, it's, you know, it's born in Zimbabwe, grew like, up in New Zealand, anyway, and now Australian culture, Australia. New Zealand culture, Zimbabwean culture. Like, um, my kids are gonna have like an amalgamation of all three. Um, it's going to be a weird time, but basically <laughs> my sister is turning yeah. 10 this year and she <laughs> has been to Zimbabwe twice now in her life. Um, and she like loved it, is really enjoying like cool. learning Shauna, but the parenting style of my parents is like different now from like when I was growing up and when my brother was growing up, both of my brother were born. Both my brother right. and I were born in Zimbabwe. Um, and so it's really interesting to see that because she right. is like full, like, like Kiwi by birth, but like Australian by the fact that she like lives in Australia, um, like in terms of Australian culture, but also like fully Zimbabwean as well because right. we're in an African family. Um, but yeah, so definitely my brain is like, this would be such a good, like, co, like, cohort study to do, just fine. But then, like, like, you have to do consent 
to like for other people because you can't just have one person in your study because that's just like how to lie in stats one <laughs> Hey, 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 no, no, we're, we're doing this, we're doing this the proper way. That would actually be a really cool study, Wilma. I don't even know what, um, I'm trying to think what faculty that would kind of come under. Would that be sort of like? Um, I think you probably go things. to like the social sciences, which yeah. is like for my hard scientist people, they just threw up in the back of their mouth. Um like so you would go to like anthropology and then yeah, you would yeah. then be like hey how would you study this but then there are a lot of confounding factors that you put in there because parenting mm. styles are different character styles are different um like anyway it, and there's a lot about, of things that are subjective as well exactly exactly yeah. and but like so. if you do um if you do qualitative studies, you would have less like statistical power, but you would have a lot of information in terms of like you can survive with having like six people in your study. Um, you wouldn't be like qualitative. Like you, I don't like qualitative studies. Like reading them is annoying. I like <laughs> I'm like, can we just take a moment to to honor this girl? Can you tell she's studying because she she is in the know. Of, like, I my brain has like very gratefully kind of forgotten all of this stuff. Okay, um, so just quick difference. It's it's in the name quantitative. We are actually mm-hmm. measuring and we are making uh, uh, we reach a conclusion based on like rigorous like um statistical data and measurement so we mm-hmm. that's what we see in our randomized control trials that that have like 1000 people in this study and then your systematic reviews where it's like we looked at 10 um randomized control trials and we did a systematic right. review so you end up having like 10,000 people give or take while right. like your qualitative data that's where look at your qualitative um research that's when you're more like hey I just, I have this question and yeah. I'm going to take like six people and we're going to go super in depth, like yeah, super right. in depth throughout it. Mm-hmm. Whilst like mostly randomized control trial, you have like a drug and you have a placebo and you have two groups and you're like, does this drug work? We're going to compare and that's it. Like it's very, it's, yeah. it's I find quantitative research yeah. easier to read than qualitative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, that was... It's, it's, it's coming back to me. <laughs> yeah. Like epidemiology, second semester. That's when we did it first year, back in the... Yeah, and, and I, honestly, I, I, I did not love it, so... No. <laughs> I think I just, I was not very engaged in epidemiology. I was very much about my hub and, you know, human body systems, anatomy. Yeah, and that's why you ended up in physio. It, it makes sense. I mean, that, that, that was my selection process. I mean, children, don't, don't use this as your selection process, but literally, I, I, I did first year health sci. Um, mm-hmm. once upon a time, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, and then I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, and then I was like, well, I've done this year, like, should I maybe try? And like, I was like, oh, healthcare sounds cool. Like, I, you know, help, helping people, mm-hmm. <laughs> back to helping people. Um, and I literally was like, okay, let's look at the options. Um, take chemistry, cross off pharmacy. I'm like, could not be 
bothered looking at people's mouths all day across off the industry. Med lab side, no disrespect, but I was like, I could not be in a lab all day, cross Fair that point. off. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, mm, what did I enjoy in first year? Mm, I really liked anatomy. I was like, physio, yeah, physio, cool. That makes sense. Let's go. That was literally my selection process at university. Very little thought, but oh. you know, it, it kind of worked out. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I had a similar, like, didn't really think much of it because I didn't get into medicine, bawled my eyes out yeah. over that, and mm. like, didn't didn't also get into dentistry because my UMAT was atrocious. Um, I don't think I even applied for dentistry because yeah, my UMAT was my okay. This is what happened. Okay, mm-hmm. my semester one result, like I already had, I had a I had a C in one paper. Mm-hmm. I think it was like chemistry, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, there goes med. And then so because of that, I just didn't study for UMAT. Like I I booked it and I went to do it, but I was already so. <laughs> I was so done. I was just like, ugh. No. And so I just I just went and just swooped it. And I mean, I didn't actually do too badly, but I I didn't, like I wanted to do medicine, but dentistry I was never really like. But we had a really smart cohort. And I'm pretty sure that, like, the way that you enter medicine is dependent mm. on your cohort. Like, cause oh, they, absolutely, because that, that's your direct competition. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. I think, like, they they say it cracks me up when you read their brochures and they're like, we accept like 75% as an entry. And I'm like, bless. Like, I'm like, show me somebody who's had 75% and gone on to medicine. Stop it. Like, don't do it. Like, you're so funny. Like, I don't know how you're getting away with this. Everybody knows that anyone who gets 90% starts bawling their eyes out. When, Pretty much. Like, I'm like, what? why are you selling people dreams? Why like, are you lying to these little freshers? Like, no, just rip the band-aid. Just, 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 why are you giving me false hope? Exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so for me, I was like, physio, I don't want to touch people. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a no. <laughs> pharmacy, Fair pharmacy, I was like, because chemistry was my best subject. And I was like, but I do not like the idea of learning 5,000 drugs. Yeah, like it, it sounds like a lot. I it was know. like, <laughs> I saw those like pharmacy kids in third and fourth year and they were dead. Like you saw they it was, in their they eyes. They were stressed out. The soul was, there was no light in their eyes. There was no them. light <laughs> in their eyes and you're just sitting there like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then, and then there's that whole thing, right? Where they, um, cause, I'm pretty, physio was four years as well, yeah? hmm Yeah. Yeah. So Medlips, I was also four years. I didn't know what it was, and I was like, that sounds interesting. Um, I'll do that. But that's how much was Medlips science. Now I w- wish I had applied for radiology, mm-hmm. but there was, like, this whole, like, you needed a CV and a whole rigmarole that you Ooh. had. Honey, it was a – I was like, no, thank you. And you had to go to Warrington I I- for it. I had the like dumbest reason for not applying for radiology. I was like, mm, I don't want to be exposed to radiation. I'm like, of course they're not exposed to radiation. But I was just like, nah, nah, mm-mm. no thanks. No, no, thank you. It's a no. It's a no. It's a no for me. Yeah, and I mean, I stand by my decision. I, I don't think it's for me. That's cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I, I've obviously like switched gears in terms of like, I'm probably never going to go back to med lab science. Um, 
but that's fine. Um, I, <laughs> there was first year of uni, like I went to Elam. You remember like Nick Beetle? This name sounds familiar. He was, he was like the, the dad in the congregation. <laughs> yeah. The name sounds really familiar. I'm trying to put a face, but I can't remember. And he had this like, like a little girl. She's obviously like maybe in her early teens now. Grace. Mm. No, 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 never mind. No, um, no. but like we, we were just outside of Eureka and he mm-hmm. like was, was doing his job. He was cleaning one of the windows there. Um, that's why he was there, but we were walking past there with a group of other people. And mm. then he just like looked at me and he gave me this prophetic word and he was like, Wilma, like, I just, I just think, like, I just get this sense that you're not going to be, like, you're not just going to do one thing in your life or one career in your yeah. life. Yeah. Like you just, you're going to have like multiple ones. And I was like, oh, cool. Cool. All right. <laughs> Weird flex, man, but okay. <laughs> like, yeah, like just good talk. <laughs> cool. Um, but I'd forgotten about it. And then when I was like, cause I got into my third year of my degree of med lab science Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the labs and I was like, this is not for me. But mama didn't raise no quitter. So I finished my four-year degree. Yeah. And then I was like, what should I do now? And then I literally got a job the day before we graduated. Um, nice. And I was like, well, I, I, I can't like not do anything now um might as well like be in it and then yeah i've been in it since 2016 it's been weird um but yeah man i think there's a lot to be oh sorry um yeah there's a lot to be said for um it takes it takes bravery and it takes Guts, you know, to actually have have done that, and then actually decide, oh, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot to something else. I'm going to change tracks a little bit. Because um, mm-hmm. there's so I I know so many people, I mean, people our age or a little bit older, you know, who um are just doing things, and they're like, I know that I'm meant to be doing something else, but they just haven't got the courage to take that step to be like, okay, let me actually try out the thing I want to do. Because unfortunately, as you get older, um, you kind of get like more and more scared. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that works, but yeah, you, you know, you're less likely to take big steps and take risks and, and, and all of that. And and so, I, yeah, I just want to commend you for actually being like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna step out, I'm going to pivot, I'm going to do something different. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Ren. I appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I, I I know you, obviously, but the audience <laughs> might not know you, that you actually are an amazing singer and you really <laughs> you really enjoy um like a lot of creative things. Like you have a strong creative bent to you. And that's one of the things that we've bonded over because we are in such a like um I guess outwardly looking people wouldn't expect uh, people who tend to gravitate towards the sciences to be like, oh, mm. you're actually really creative and you know about the difference between quantitative or qualitative data. <laughs> um, yeah. Like weird flex team. But 
how so the two are not mutually exclusive guys no we they're not be multifaceted what is this what do you mean yeah. what do you mean people are not one-dimensional this is ridiculous fit into my box right now um, pretty much pretty much but what other creative ventures do you do Ripper? oh so many gosh mm-hmm. um no i say that but actually look i um i for a long time in my youth thought that i wasn't creative because the world told me that yeah, you had to fit in either this box or the other box. And I was very, I was a natural academic child. So I was very much like, you know, I was like nerdy, but I was a cool nerd. So, you okay. know, like I, I was, <laughs> I made nerd cool. Like I was reading. I, I, I used to read, like I was reading novels when I was like six. I don't even know. I was okay, just really into okay. that. Like I genuinely, and, and I kind of, it's interesting. I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, oh, um, you know, but what if your kids aren't into reading? And I was like, oh my God, I hadn't even entertained the idea that, you know, not all, like I just, because in your head, you just think your kids are going to be like you. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's different because I, I really found a lot of joy and enjoyment from doing that as a child. Um, but anyway, so I, I thought that I wasn't creative because I thought you either had to fit box A or box B and you couldn't, there was no cross pollination, but no. that's a lie. I'm here to tell you today that that's a lie. And, it is. um, you know, I think in, in recent years I've managed to, um, realize that there's some yeah there's a lot of of creativity bubbling up in me I Mm -hmm. really really like as you said I I love I love music I love to sing I love to um my favorite thing like I was just talking to someone about this is when I hear a song and then um they've obviously sampled something and then I hear the song that they sampled it from just by chance and I literally buzz out I'm like oh my gosh I had like one favorite song, and now I have two. Like my brain. They had the exact like same song though, but it's different. But it's, it's different. 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 The arrangement yeah. is different. Like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm like, okay, let me put you on to one for, for as an example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let me hold you. Bow wow. Um, mm-hmm. You know that was the song when we were like, I don't mm-hmm. know, ten. Mm-hmm. How much? How much? I I still. Like, I'm still holding out right? that Bow Wow is going to marry me. Yeah. Like I'm still, I'm Absolutely. still holding out. Like still Bow Wow, out. Romeo, ooh, that was a dynamic dealer. Like it was just, it was a good time. I'm like, I don't know. My 10 year old self had no business singing Let Me Hold You, but I was singing it. Okay. <laughs> like we had no business singing Dilemma with Nelly, but did you find me like putting myself in Kelly's position? Yes. Yes. I was there. Would I still like run towards Nelly and be like, marry me? Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, maybe. probably. I mean, I mean, probably you shouldn't because you've got a beautiful ring on your finger right now. I, I do, um, Miss Beyonce. No, like I've like I've shown like Darcy a photo of like Nelly being really really kind, and I was like, this was my childhood crush when I was growing up, and he was like, fair. And he went, I, just, I see it. That's I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Oh, good man, good man. Good man, I know. I know. 
you did well with that one. I, um, I, I did. And I really, I really can't wait to meet him. I'm like, yeah. I just, I'm like, man, I'm like, let's open this borders up. I know yeah. that's like the one, like worst thing about like meeting Darcy in Australia. We'll go back to your creative pursuits. Don't you worry. We will, we'll go yeah. back. We'll go we back. Will. Um, but that was like one of the worst things about like meeting Darcy in Australia because my New Zealand friends, like they didn't actually get the chance to meet him. And yeah. because we started dating just before the lockdown started, my friends here as well, that it's just been patchy, like meeting up with him as well. So it's like, I'm so excited for everyone to meet him. Yeah. I think yeah. he's great. Great enough that I was like, yes, when he proposed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I'm just like I I I didn't realize that I would turn into the girl who's like. So I chose this man. He proposed to me. Look, look at the ring, and and yeah. and I do. And, and I do now turn. you are. You're like, oh wow, my forehead is so yeah. itchy. Oh, yeah. look, look at like, this. Oh. Mm. I'll just I'll just oh, stay wow. like this. Like just. Just, just like oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> let's let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm like, look, it's a it's it's a season in your life. Enjoy it. Like, I will do the absolute most. I would. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, because sometimes he like slips up and he's like, oh, you know, how's my wonderful girlfriend today? And I'm like, you don't have a girlfriend. You have a exactly. fiance. Like, like girlfriend, just... who's a girlfriend? I don't know who your girlfriend is. I never met her. <laughs> I am this level extra. He's like a girl, and I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. Like, I is this somebody else that like? And he's like, you know uh, what I meant. I'm like, no, no, I don't know what you mean. I, don't. I really don't. <laughs> oh man, but um, we we digress. We digress. Yeah. Creative pursuits. So, go. Back to the creative pursuits. Yeah. So music, I love to sing. Um, I, I like. I kind of. Yeah. I don't. I'm trying to think of how I actually express it. I do a lot of singing, like just for myself mm-hmm. in the car. Like my the walls of my car are. They have had concerts sung within them. Like the secrets Roper's car would tell you. Like. Oh my god, my, my old car. So my old car, I used to drive that car from Auckland to Dunedin. I've done a few trips of, of that and that was just one big concert. Like it was just me singing and I don't understand. I'm like, bro, I don't understand how these musicians and singers be like, oh, I lost my voice. I sang the whole trip and I was still singing. I was not I'm joking. I'm <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, I also, um, <clears throat> do a bit of singing, well, did a bit of singing um, for the worship team at my old church, mm-hmm. um, looking to get back into that. Um, at, so I'm now um, going to Equippers in Napier, um, having moved cities. Um, so looking to do that this year, but also just to, um, I think for myself, because I quite like to sing with accompaniment, accompaniment and I um, am... Unfortunately, not very skilled with any instruments, mm. but we have got a, um, oh, it's not in the shop, but we, um, we've got a keyboard that we inherited, um, in the flat, we inherited it from someone. Mm. And, um, one of my flatmates 
um, she's actually kind of self-teaching. And I thought, oh, you know what? So it's there. I may as well, you know, give it a go. So yeah. um, I'm just kind of slowly self-teaching, just trying to muck around and That's get okay. a few melodies going. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, it's, it's definitely, um, it's something that just brings me so much joy. It's so simple. And I, I am definitely that girl who is like singing aloud at work <laughs> and I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Yes. And, um, now in my, in my, my new role. So I just started in pediatrics, um, pretty recently. And, um, I love it because I just get to sing to the kids all the time and it's part of therapy. And like, I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I'm just incorporating everything into it. So um, it's like yeah. a modern Disney movie. Pretty much, pretty much, except I realized that I don't know any of the words, and so I really need, to, like, I started singing Let It Go, and then I was like, na 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 and the, Dude, and the kid was Dude, nanas go a long way. Nanas but, and lalas go a long way. They do, but these kids are different. These kids are not impressed if you're nanaring. They want to hear the words, and they're oh. like, that's not what Elsa says, and I was like, well, sorry about you then. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm trying. <laughs> Have you have you seen the latest Disney movie, Encanto? I've seen the trailer. I haven't watched it. Honey, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Really? Okay. Like, Is it on Disney Plus? Yes. Ooh, okay. That could be a vibe. Yeah, it's a strong vibe. Um with the song We Don't Talk About Bruno. The Ooh. the mel- the melodies, my friend. They have uh about four singers singing Four different start lines. Four different start lines. Oh. And it's beautiful. You're like, like you know, you know when you listen to, and like, oh, yes, I'm all about the harmonies. Like, you know, when you listen to something and you're like, I, I, I don't know what I, this is amazing. I just, I don't know. You can listen, you can try to focus on one song and, and hear the, the like what they're singing and then you move back and you're like mm. it's amazing i didn't, didn't recommend it i'm obsessed with the song we don't talk about bruno okay okay mm-hmm. no i'm i'm definitely going to watch the movie listening mm-hmm. to the soundtrack because i remember when i when moana came out i was have had the soundtrack on repeat like just months months and I stand but my favorite song I actually I don't my favorite is not the the how far I'll go my favorite is um the rock what can I say except oh well I love that song it's, it's just so I love that song it's, it, it it's my, my inner child is like yes <laughs> you are welcome you're For welcome my, the blessing that I am <laughs> you Pretty much, pretty much. I'm like, I feel like this is a running theme. I'm, I'm like, I, I promise, I'm not narcissistic, guys. <laughs> no, she's not. She's really not. She's pretty great. Um, so, uh, are, we, are we allowed to to talk about the bay? Oh, oh, we, we, we. It's getting saucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, we... I mean, we, we can talk about the bay. We absolutely can. I mean, I haven't checked with them, but better to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> that's, that's my policy. So, so see, that's that's why I called him the Bay. I didn't say his name because I was like, 
I, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't. Absolutely. I, we can talk about this. My, my super secret bag. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Because it's so secret, guys. Like, so, so secret. So, so secret. No, no one knows about this. Her mama doesn't know. Her cousins <laughs> don't know. Her grandmama <laughs> does like her cousin. Them cousins don't know. Nobody don't knows. Nobody know. Never. But somehow, Wilma does. Wilma knows App- everything. Apparently. Apparently. Because, like, I'm the type of friend who would endorse this level of secrecy in their relationship. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny. It's not even. I was, yeah, I was thinking about um, today and I was like, oh, man, it's been. Um, it hasn't really been by design. Like, I haven't been like, oh, this is going to be like a super secret thing. But it's just that the people that need to know know. Like, yeah. I just haven't. I think it's because I, I've, I haven't been as active on social media, um, you know, in the past little while. And so, yeah, you, you, re- you almost realize, you're like, you realize who the people that are actually, like, mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. and, like, beyond just social media. And I'm not, this is not me, like, pissing on social media friendships because they're cool like i i bet there's some gals on there that i like just vibe with and it's just banter back and forth i'm like oh that's a cute like and it's fun it's good mm-hmm. it's nice but you i think sometimes social media can make you think that um you know people when you just know what's on their grid like you know yeah. it, it makes you feel like you're a part of their lives when you're not really yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it was just cool for me when I kind of had that time away to realize the difference and realize that, oh, this is a circle of people that I know because of social media and, you know, kind of interact with, but there's the circle that's kind of like, these are actual people that I have connections with. We, you know, we have relationships that go yeah. deep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been cool, but yeah, it hasn't, it's not like, um, a super super secret of yeah. uh, protecting the energy. Oh bless! <laughs> <laughs> like I was oh, watching man. this reel of like making fun of influencers, being like, "I know a lot of you have been asking about my relationship. <laughs> I just want, I just want to honor you for asking me. I just want to protect his privacy. Okay, like we are together. It's amazing, but and I'm just in them like, uh huh. Is he married? Is this why we're doing this? Is like, this why we're doing this? Is this? But also, but also, like, actually, I didn't ask. Now, who asked you? <laughs> like, girl, I see your DMs. Like, there's nothing yeah. in there. Like, what you doing? Yeah, no, it, it, uh, it's, yeah. it's funny. It's yeah. funny. But, but the bay is good. The bay is good. Um, yeah, no, I. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty blessed. I'm pretty blessed with yeah. a good man in my life. And, uh, if you're I'm listening, if you're listening, no, I don't if you're know listening, what I'm gonna say. you know what we're gonna like, force him like, to listen to this and be like, you feature, you feature at this time, well, at this sure. time, send him a timestamp. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty I'm a pretty lucky lady. I have to say, in that yeah. in that department, um, I. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm really enjoying being, um, I think we've, yeah, been, yeah, like just under a year being together. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm really enjoying, yeah, the space, the dating space that we're in. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's cool kind of. And I think when you're, um, a little bit older, maybe in your later twenties, mm-hmm. <laughs> such as ourselves, although I still, I still maintain mid twenties. I'm mid twenties. 26 is mid twenties. Okay. 26 um, is mid 20s. Yeah, it definitely. Is, but I mean, but what's 27 though? Because <laughs> um, I'm a bastard. You are, you're, you're, close, you're closer to 30. It's, you're, you're, you're late. You're, I mean. But if you're 27, you're closer to 25 than 30. That's, I maintain that it's still mid. <laughs> okay, honey. And then when you're 28? I think I'll have to just agree that it's late. At 28, mm-hmm. you can't really fight it. I, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, I, and I'm actually really pro, like, I'm pro just aging gracefully. Like, I'm, I'm not mad about getting older. I'm, I'm, I'm it's good. It's good. Your twenties are actually kind of hectic sometimes. So. Your twenties are so, can you, I, I was so insecure in my late twenties, in my oh early twenties. Oh my gosh. Like, just, just the, just, no, I, yeah. and just the, like I was talking to this girl um, when I was on placement and um, she was saying that, you know, she was 22 when I was speaking to her um, and to the audience, like I'm 27. And so when I was talking to her, she was like, Oh, you know, I was dating this guy when I was 16 and he cheated on me and we broke up and I've just been to like, I've just started going to therapy. And I looked at her and I was like, Oh, honey, you have so much to grow. Like, because I remember when I was that age and a guy cheated on me then and the work I had to work through to get to where I am now, I was just like, I felt my age in that moment because I was like, oh, mentally and maturity-wise, that's where you are. Okay, that that's, like, I'm excited to be 27, like, I'm excited to be this level of like showing myself this level in understanding how God created me and in Mm. this level in being like just, just the independence and the freedom that comes with that. So I'm Mm. people who are like, you know, I can't wait to get older. I'm like, enjoy your 16ness. Yeah. Cause it's never going to come back. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I read of it maybe, but like Mm. the actual reality of it. No. No, and I, I think it's, yeah, you're so right in what you say, like, there is wisdom in, in being present in the time and in the season and in the age and chapter of life that you're in. And, because mm-hmm. I think if you're always yearning for what has been or what is in the future, you just, you miss out on a lot. And like, mm-hmm. And then also to counter that as well, like, cause I, I, I yeah, I want to speak to, like, cause we're, you know, we're both kind of mid to late twenties now in the space, approaching the 30. And I've been talking to people and there's a lot of like 30 anxiety. Like people just like feel stressed about turning, like it's this thing. And I'm like, I don't, m- maybe I feel this way because I'm not yet like 29 about to turn 30. Yeah. So I don't want to be insensitive because maybe I'm I'm just not quite there yet. But I'm like mm. I don't know. It sh- it shouldn't be this big scary thing. It shouldn't be like a thing to dread. I think it's actually really really cool. I, I think do. it's cool that you've been on this planet for thirty whole years. I think it's cool because 
fight, you know, you, you've been, you've been through your first decade of you actually calling the shots. Cause you know, when you're young, you're like, your parents telling you what to do. They're running the show. I mean, when you're really young, you actually run the show. My two year old niece, she runs the show. She is her world. That is her world. That's like three, four years of running yeah. the show. Yeah, and then but you don't that, cognitively know you're running the show, though. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You can't even enjoy it because you don't even know. <laughs> it's such you're a just trip, there but, as a mini yeah. terrorist that yeah, everybody exactly. accommodates to. Exactly, and I'm like, man, I wish I I could be I could have been aware of it at the time and enjoyed it more, but. You know, after that, you pretty much just go to school. And then I think your 20s is the first time where you're like, oh, okay, now I kind of get to do what I want. But it's like a little bit less wide. Like what you what you can, like, I mean, you, you can in theory do anything, but, you know, you probably shouldn't do something. But <laughs> yeah. you should exercise wisdom and caution. Exactly. Um, but... And then, and so I think that decade is, is pretty chaotic because you kind of have to figure out your parameters. You need to figure out, like, it's almost like you've been handed the keys and you kind of don't really know how fast you can go and you just got to, like, figure that out. And it takes a while. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a beauty in, in your 30s where you now have some stability. You now have some stability and you, you have a little bit more self-awareness. Like, that is something that I've noticed a lot. Like, man, I, and, and this is, I probably will look back at this podcast and be like, oh, I thought I was self-aware then. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I, if I'm thinking back to like the early twenties, like when I was 20, 21 and like now I'm like, man, I'm a lot more aware of myself. I'm aware of my, toxic traits as people like to call them and so that way you can actually um navigate life being aware of your strengths and the things you work on and that Mm -hmm. way you know why you react to things the way you do you know why certain emotions come you know you can kind of be proactive about things because you know yourself yeah yeah. You know, like, you know, I know people pleasing was a thing for me, so I had to work around that. I had to set up yeah. boundaries. I had to do all of that. So it's just, life just moves smoother after that. And I really enjoy that. And I'm like, I feel like there's more of that with you as you move into your 30s. So, you know, if you're in your 30s or you're about to turn 30, I just, I hope that speaks to you. I hope that, um, rather than feeling anxious and, um, worried and having these, big expectations of like, oh, I'm 30, I should have X, Y, Z. Um, don't forget to also celebrate how far you've come. I think mm-hmm. that's it's often something that people forget to also look at. So, yeah. That's, yeah. No, I'm with that's you. My... That's hot take from Roba. Cut. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. What on that, like piggybacking from that, what of like – you know, people forget to take stock of where they've been and be grateful for that. What mm. is your favorite spiritual discipline? Ooh, ooh, spiritual discipline. We love a good spiritual di- discipline. Um, off the top of my head, I'm going to say silence and solitude. Yeah. <laughs> 
which survive. you probably which you probably would think like really girl you talk a lot you like being silent but I actually you're a raging so, introvert <laughs> I'm an only child so I do actually really vibe hard on silence yeah. and solitude I'm an ambivert um, mm-hmm. and it took me a while to, to realize this because from from the outside you would think I'm an extrovert but actually I recharge with silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, obviously spiritually spending that silence and solitude with God. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, um, if I can add in nature in that, oh, it's just fireworks. Like, so if I can just go away to a mountain, to the bush, walking track, and just be by myself with God and it's, it's it's a great time. Like I get that's where I I hear God the the clearest, the most. Mm-hmm. I or sometimes I just it's just for refreshing my my mm-hmm. soul and my spirit. So yeah, um, that would cool. that would be my one. Um, what 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 would be yours? Um, as as weird as it sounds, um, eating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, like. More. Te- Technically, like eating isn't a spiritual discipline, but because Wilma is very arrogant, she made eating a spiritual discipline for this reason, for this reason. Hear me Mm -hmm. out. Here's the case for eating. There is beauty and honesty and a deep surrender in realizing that we are needy people. Like we as humanity are needy people. Mm And that as much as this physical ball in front of me, like nourishes me and feeds me, Jesus is saying like, Hey, I, I actually want to be that for you. Um, and there's a moment where we get caught up in the like spiritual part of the spiritual discipline that we forget that it's the presence that God wants us to be with. Um, and it's in that he, because he lives within us, he transforms the mundane into the sacred. And there's probably like an actual spiritual discipline of what I just described, um, where you are able to realize that there is no line between the circular and the sacred, but it's because Jesus is always with us, everything mm-hmm. is sacred. Wow. But I just like saying eating because people are like, you gluttonous. Um, <laughs> And because I like being dramatic, so that's why I say um, those kind of things. But uh, I guess my other spirit, my favorite spiritual discipline is is rest. Um, oh yeah, I, I yeah again, I like spiritual disciplines that remind me that I am not the big Kahuna. Um, <laughs> That remind me that I'm. It's okay for me to just be human. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay for me to need to sleep. Like yeah. I don't need to have the midnight watch. Um, like sometimes I have insomnia, um, so that's why I'd like rest is something that's mm-hmm. really important to me as well. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think the original sin that we see in Genesis three is that um, Adam and Eve decided to be like, I want to be like God, like I want to be God. 
And I think the great redemption on the cross is Jesus reminding us that like we are humans and in that humanity, we're still loved. And sanctification is a process of constantly reminding ourselves that our humanity is actually okay. Like, like it's okay to be human. Like God is, God is God enough to be that. So I like those spiritual disciplines that are like, I am human and that's okay. I, I have needs. I need to eat. I need to sleep. I am limited. That's, that's more than okay. God is like, I, I, I am going to serve you to the point of the cross and die in that humanity. And I just, I just like that. It's a little bit. That's so good. Thanks. Yeah. That's Um, a good word. It reminds me of, um, that part in the Bible when Elijah is like, everything sucks. Like I want to throw in the towel. I want to die. And God is like, Elijah, have some food, take a nap. You'll be fine. And he was fine. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's like be actually, yeah, realize that your, your humanity, our humanity is not, um, that is, that is what we are. That is who we are made to be. It's not, um, anything to be ashamed of. It is, who God has made us to be and, and actually recognizing that and taking care of ourselves is, is so important. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it, it's kind of crazy in um, the current sort of world that we live in because I feel like over the years, life is just getting faster and faster and faster and faster paced. And it's a little bit scary because it's like rest and refreshment just kind of gets put on the wayside, put on the wayside, put on the wayside. And and you can see it. You can see it in the things that are afflicting people. You can see it in the, um, you know, um, like the levels of, of, of stress and anxiety and, and mental illness and physical illnesses as well. Like through the roof, it's, it's, it's definitely um, something that I've been aware of in the last mm few years I think since I, I kind of started transitioning from being a student to working and I was like oh man like there was a lot going on like I'm mm-hmm. just trying to yeah I'm just I'm trying to also feel refreshed and rested but there's just a lot and and mm-hmm. I think it's more than ever we actually have to be very intentional about resting mm-hmm. yeah because if you're not it's not something that just sort of because you know back back in the day like I was actually listening to another podcast and mm. this was a a man I think maybe in his 60s or 70s and they're saying back when, when I was a kid you know like um on Saturdays everything was closed like you know the mm-hmm. shop would close maybe at midday or what like you know and and so in the natural rhythm of life rest was incorporated whereas now it's like everything is open all the time like it's I mean it's been different with COVID and, and the pandemic and the lockdowns, it's almost like we've been afforded a little bit more of that mm-hmm. um, built-in rest. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely very different from 50 years ago um, yeah. and very, very just busy, fast-paced, everything's open, instant, instant, instant. So yeah. we really got to guide our rest. So, yeah, so much. Yeah. Um- John Mark Comer has a real, no, not John Mark Comer. I lied. He also talks about rest a lot. Mm. Um, 
but also Jeff Bethke have a book together. I think it's like the ruthless elimination of of Harry. I yeah. I have that book on my to read list. I honestly okay. I, is that John Mark Comer or is that Jeff Bethke or is it both? I mean, I'm not sure. I can check because I can see it on my list. Um, so um, I can tell you right now. Give me mm. two seconds. Ruthless elimination. Um, yeah, it's John Mark Comer. Yeah. Yeah. They did a podcast together about this. That's right. Have you read the book? I don't think so. I listened to the podcast and okay. I found that to be quite good, but I don't actually think I ended up buying the book. Mm, yeah, I, I, I've got to read the book. I've, I've been meaning to read the book for quite a while, so mm. gotta do it. Yeah. Mm. So, my friend, we've come to the part where you get to ask me questions. And Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Wow. Um, I I actually I'm kind of annoyed I didn't prepare something, but I I will come up with something because I I remember from your previous podcast you always do this, and I was like, oh, I need to think of a question to ask for mm-hmm. Um, well, I think for you, um, what has been um with since you started your podcast, the good story starts with. What has been your biggest um, learning takeaway highlight or low light? It can be either like what well, since yes, yeah, since you've been doing the podcast, what have you sort of the biggest thing that you have taken away from a thing? Um, I think. Good question. I think the biggest thing I've taken on is like just do it. Yeah. Um, as weird as it sounds, like if you have an idea, um, okay, this kind of works into how God and I work. Like I've kind of realized that within Christian circles, you either have two kinds of Christians, like the ones who um, wait until they hear God's yes. And then they move and the ones who just move until they hear God's no, and then they switch tactics. Right. So I'm in the latter. So I just okay. move until I hear God says no. And then like, I just pivot. So there are things that I've done mm-hmm. that like, I've just immediately like stopped that on the outside. They were like, Oh my goodness, why did you stop that? Like, but I just, I just knew like it was an instant no. And then just, mm-hmm. just left. Um, so with this podcast, I had this idea and I was Mm -hmm. like, God, I'm going to run with it. And if you don't like it, like you, you, you're just going to stop me. Like Mm -hmm. that's what happened. So I, I just learned to just go with it and that he would actually provide every step of the way in terms of like guests, um, in terms of like dealing with like people not replying back, um, um, or like people canceling, it's just not taking it personally and being like, oh, well, like, um, this is the frame that I need. Like mm. this, like season two now, um, is going to 
I don't think it's going to look differently on the outside, but behind the scenes wise, for me, it's a bit more organized than season one because I know, I kind of know what I'm doing now. Like I'm not like, "Ah." um, and because I, I'm more confident in the giftings that God has given me now, I'm able to be like, Hey, this is the recording time. This is how long it's going to be. I'm going to be taking breaks at certain times of the year. So it's just, there's a growth and confidence within me. And I have a list of like people that I like, quote unquote, nervous, scared to ask to come on the podcast. And I'm like, okay, um, I need to work up the courage to like ask these people. Cause in my brain, I'm like, who am I to interview them? Um, mm. So there's like still room for growth in that regard, oh, but definitely um, that the best uh, way to combat anxiety and fear, if I were to put it in like too long, didn't listen. The best thing I've learned, uh, the one thing, the one big thing I've learned uh, when, since starting this podcast is simply the best way to beat fear and anxiety is to get competent. Um, like just keep doing it mm-hmm. until the fear and anxiety lessens because mm-hmm. the fear and anxiety is still going to be there and mm-hmm. you are just going to get stronger. Yeah, yeah, so, you're so right. And I think it's, yeah, it's really cool that because it's, it's a lot of people that have great plans and great dreams and visions that are paralyzed by the fear of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, how are you going to know what you're doing if you don't start? Just start, just do it. Like it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. If it look- <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no. But wait, what did you just say? I said just do it. And then I, I, I was like, hey, Nike, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> yep. Yes, please. Yes, please. <sighs> um, but no, like, even if it looks messy, like my first ever episode, which is really funny because it's the most viewed one. Um, because it's the first one. Like, I was nervous. I was stilted. I was not relaxed at all. Jai was great. Um, like, but I just, yeah, I just did it. Just did it. But thank you so much. It's been a, it's been a great chat. No, thank you. Thanks for, um, asking me to be on this. Like, such an honor, honestly. Um, and, people listening thanks so much for listening and um honestly watch watch this space this chick is going places so (laughs) yeah thanks thank you thanks